Matthew chapter 8. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from verse 23 uh, down through verse 27. And God's word says this, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was uh, being swamped by, by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this? that even the winds and the sea obey Him. God, we ask Your blessing on this time. We ask that You uh, would speak to us through Your Word. We thank You for Your grace that You've displayed upon us that we could be here this morning. Change our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, uh, we look at Matthew chapter 8, and uh, we're just continuing on. We realized that uh, the last few weeks we've been talking about the miracles of Jesus, that he uh, healed those who are sick, and he also cast out demons. And he did this to show that he had authority over everything. I think sometimes we think, what is the jurisdiction? What, what can you do? What do you know? And Jesus uh, showed to these people, I know everything. I, I'm above everything. I, I am king over all. Uh, this morning, uh, we come, uh, Jesus has just talked about the cost of discipleship. And, and as he shares this, uh, he gets in this discussion that it may be painful, the road ahead. Um, and he says, we're going to go over there. And some have said, we'll go anywhere with you. Uh, big statements and uh, even... Uh, the idea, we will follow. And then this morning, we're going to look at uh, those who have followed. If you look down at verse 23, it's kind of the, the setting of it. He's going to get into a boat. Uh, Jesus is getting into a boat. And it says that his disciples followed. You know why they followed? Because that's what disciples do. They follow. They follow. They're, they're learning, and so they, they follow after Jesus. We don't know who was actually there, if it was a couple of handfuls of people or if it was a much larger group. We don't know if there was just one boat or maybe a couple. I, we don't know. But we know this. Jesus got into a boat, and some of the disciples came and followed. The word disciple, um, and, and we're going to struggle with this this morning, uh, I want to ask you and keep before you, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you one of his followers? And if you are, what kind of follower are you? Um, we, we struggle with this idea that somehow that Jesus will come and fit into our life. That we got all these other things going on in our lives. We got kids, we got jobs, we got homes, we have uh, things that we love, and somehow Jesus is going to fit into that. And we get this startling picture, and maybe we've become too familiar with it that it's not startling. That Jesus says, We're going to get in a boat and go over there, and it just tells us that the disciples did that. They, they got in the boat. And you, you kind of, maybe some of you think this way, you go, what are those loafers doing? Don't they have a job? 
Don't they have anything to do? And sometimes you say, well, you know, I'm a busy person. I have a lot of things going on, and that makes me important. Uh, What are you doing uh, this Tuesday at 2.30? What are you doing at 2.30 this Tuesday? Some of you are thinking right now, am I supposed to be somewhere? Uh, Am I I, I doing something? What if Jesus said, hey, we're leaving at 2.30 on Tuesday? Uh, You say, well, uh, those of you who are in school, you're like, yes! Taking off early. I'm done. Jesus is coming. I'm going to get on the boat and I'm going to go with him. Others of you go, well, Jesus, um, can we go at 3.30? I can't make it there by that time. I got an important doctor's appointment down in Bakersfield and I can't get back by that time. Others of you say, you know, I work. I work, so I can't make it. And working's super important. I told my boss I wanted off and he said, I couldn't go. So Jesus, I, I can't go because my boss said I can't go. Uh, to be a disciple is one who's ready to go. Is, is ready to listen to Jesus, is ready to say when he says, we're going over there, you say, yeah, great, let's go. Most of you, and me as well, as we talked about last week, if he says we're going to go on this, uh, we want to hop in the boat, we're going to say, well, where are we going? What are we doing? Should we be going? What are we going to do when we get there? Uh, when are we going to eat? Uh, we're asking these sort of questions, and yet... It just says of the disciples that Jesus got in the boat and the disciples followed. They were with him. And then it happens, verse 24. And and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by waves. But he was asleep. The great storm. Uh, Some of the commentators said... See a Galilee, this this type of year, the type of storm. These things come up all the time. Have you ever been on uh, in a boat during a storm? I want to see a show of hands. Uh, pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I got to go over uh, Santa Barbara. We got to go over to uh, one of the islands. I think it was Anapamu, actually. So, um, I don't know. Anyways, I got on this boat and... Uh, we were heading out towards the islands, and we got to a place where, uh, over the front of the boat, the, the water was kind of spraying up, and it, it, it kind of got kind of rough. And there were, and so we were super scared as sixth grade boys. We were super scared, so we went out to the front of the boat, and we just hung on the rails, and we're like, "Yeah, this is great." We're getting doused. Not a brain between us. Not a brain between us. Uh, some of us compare what. Jesus was doing on the boat to something like that. Uh, another time, uh, I was, as a youth pastor, we went over to Lake Powell. And uh, I don't know why I did this. This is one of those other times where I wasn't thinking real clearly. Um, but it was towards the end of the day, we needed gas in one of the boats. And uh, one of the fathers who brought his boat, um, he he was sick and he couldn't take it. So he let his son do it, his 18-year-old son, Justin. Kloffenstein. You might recognize the name. So Justin and I, we go across the lake to the place where we pull the boat out, we get gas, and we're coming back. And as we're coming back, it was one of those um, Gilligan's Island type events, you know, 
Uh, we got out there, we were fine, and then a storm kicks up, and, and the boat's rocking like this, Justin's driving, I'm holding the spotlight like this, the waves are coming, and, um, but I want to tell you, I don't think that was even it. Because the word that's used here, the, the picture here is that of an earthquake, an earthquake. And you say, well, earthquake out on the water, seismos, it's the seismic activity. It was the idea, maybe a tsunami type thing. And and we don't know. We don't know if they, as they were getting in the boat, the storm, the clouds started going or there was one cloud or there was no cloud. We don't know. They just got out there and all of a sudden the storm hits them and, and everything breaks loose. And it's not just a little wave or so. It's one where the water is just huge piles of it slamming on the boat and, and swamping the boat so much so that they're feeling like it's going to sink. And this is what's happening. This is uh, actually what occurred. It was being swamped by waves. And then it just says this one little thing about Jesus. But he was asleep. He was asleep. Now, there's lots of different kinds of sleep. Uh, Scott McDiffitt is going to learn the um, the faker dad sleep. You know, uh, you're, you're laying there and you're you're kind of awake, but you hear the baby crying and you're like... I'll just play dead right now. I'll just play dead right now. I'll just act like I'm asleep. That's not what this was. Jesus was not faking. They probably would have used a different word and the deception there. There's no allusion to that, uh, that he was sleeping. There's also like uh, man sleeping. You, you know what that is? That's like just a little sliver above being dead. It's just a little sliver. Earthquakes, bombs could go off, but they're still sleeping. Um, and it's interesting. You know, when you're sleeping, I know some of you have wondered about dreams and stuff like that. You've thought about it. Some of us just have crazy dreams and we're out of it. And we wake up and we're out of it. And we're dreaming of fighting unicorns and you know, rainbow dragons and stuff like that. And we come out and we, this isn't what Jesus was. What I'd like to say is like this. Jesus was sleeping on purpose. He was sleeping on purpose. He was really sleeping on purpose. He, he, he was laying there and, and you get this picture. They're on the boat. Jesus is sleeping. A storm arises, not just a small storm, but earthquake type tsunami type type storm that's just pounding this boat and it's going to kill them and put the boat in the water and everyone's going to die and they're not going to be anymore. You can imagine the chaos of an event like that. Everything broke loose. And that was verse 24. As we move on, verse 25, the disciples break loose. Okay. Uh, the event, the, the things that were going on were breaking loose. And so the disciples uh, didn't want to miss out. They too wanted to. And so what do they do? And in verse 25, it says this, and, and they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. We're going to die. That's what they're saying. And, and it wasn't unusual. It wasn't something weird that they would be saying that. Why? Because it was that kind of, they were in a boat. They were out there. It wasn't just a, a simple storm. Uh, undoubtedly, you know, if you had a, went around the boat, 
They'd been on boats before. This wasn't their first rodeo. This wasn't something so unusual. It was just a trip. It was from here to there. It wasn't something that would have been unusual. If you can picture this, uh, I've talked to some people even today uh, where I said, yeah, you know, what's going on? On the next week or so, I'm going over to Thousand Oaks. I'm going to L.A. I'm heading down to Bakersfield. Uh, You know, I'm taking a trip. I'm going over there. There's a certain um, unimportant activity to it all. It's just a a way of life. And that's what they were doing. They got on a boat because they were going to go over there. And in the midst of that, they go from just an ordinary thing of life to we are going to die. I'd like to say it this way. They were freaking out. They were freaking out. And I, 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 wanna, I want you to just I'll point out to you, it's not a huge, but, but what are the words that they used as they cried out to Jesus? In the midst of this chaos, they said this, save us, save us. Why? Because we're perishing, we're dying. I don't believe at this moment they were crying out for the salvation of their souls. But that's a great prayer for the salvation of your soul, isn't it? In fact, if I went around here and those of you who have trusted in Christ... Uh, your prayers and the timing of those prayers, those first prayers that you called out to Jesus, that's probably what it felt like. Jesus, save me. I'm perishing. I'm dying here. I'm dying in my own sin. I can't get out of it. I, I, I try to run from it and I just can't. I feel like I'm drowning. It's a prayer of salvation, though. This prayer was for the physical trying to stop what was going on. It's a prayer of salvation for you. It's interesting that um, they didn't wake him up initially. You don't know how many moments this took, but you, you, you get this picture that the water's coming on. There, there, there's chaos, there's yelling, there's crying out. And then Jesus in the middle of it is sleeping. He's sleeping. And so they run to him and they they call out to him, Jesus, save us, we're perishing. Everything broke loose and then the disciples finally broke loose. And then Jesus enters time. I say that he enters time because I think it's important for us to get the concept that chaos in this life is not chaos to our Lord. Jesus slept but he wasn't sleeping, okay? It's not that he was awake and he, he he didn't wake up and go, oh, what have I missed? Oh no, I didn't know this was happening. Oh, I'm sorry, I should have been awake earlier. Jesus enters time. And I, I want you to see this, this is super important. I, I, I look around the room here and I realize that many of you have experienced chaotic things in your life. Things where you feel like everything's out of control. Things that, that make you crazy inside and want you to, want to make you freak out and just go, oh, I don't know what's going on. And I want to tell you that Jesus in the midst of that doesn't go, oh man, I forgot to look over your direction. I didn't realize things were that bad. I was sleeping. 
And I didn't get it. But Jesus, somehow, according to his plan, according to his plan, woke up at the time where they would finally get to the place to cry out to him. And they wake him up and they call to him. And Jesus enters time and he takes over the situation. As we look at this, um, I find it interesting, uh, verse 26, it's been a kind of a theme for me as I've gone, uh, been studying Matthew and thinking about who Jesus was relationally. Uh, what does Jesus do? It's something peculiar to me that he does all the time. He, he, when he wants to teach a lesson, when someone asks him a question, what does he do? Asks a question. And, and what I find funny uh, is that they're they're about ready to drown and die. Everyone's heart is like jumping out of their chest. They're yelling. They're they're in their mind going, "This is the last moments." And Jesus asks a question. Hey, let's talk. Hey, let's relate. I, I'm I come out of a dead sleep. You know, I I come and and the first thing I do is I want to ask you a question. And what is this question? Look at it. It's super important. It's an important one for us. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Why are you freaking out? And I think that if the these disciples, if they would have had time to answer, or they would have said, I got great answers for this. I'm freaking out because it's the right thing to do right now. Freaking out is what's best right now. Because I'm going to die and it's appropriate for me to flip out right now. I think about myself and how when pressure comes into my life, how I think that somehow freaking out, becoming nasty, becoming rough, uh, somehow snapping is appropriate. When Jesus asks them, he says, why are you afraid? It's important to remember that trials reveal where we're at. Trials reveal what's going on. Chaos reveals what we trust in. I relate very much with these disciples because Jesus was saying, you have little faith. Why are you freaking out? I'm right here. And, and I've shared this with some of you. When, when I worry and freak out and trust in other things and, and somehow I feel foolish when the Lord provides. I feel, oh, why did I, why did I trust Him? Why, why didn't I trust Him? Why, why did I worry? Why did I freak out when I knew that He was with me? I want to tell I want to explain this. I hope I say this clearly. The disciples could have taken any other route and it would have been fine. They could have had any other thoughts come to their mind than we're going to perish. You know what they could have done? They could have said, "This is great. This is so great." This is the most amazing ride. I, I would pay money to be out here at a time like this because this is the craziest boat ride I've ever taken. Look at this. Look at how much water is on here. This is great. 
And why is it great? Because Jesus is with us. This is the Jesus. Oh, yeah. He can do miracles. Jesus, he knows everything. I've watched him. He's, he's smarter than everybody. He, he's, he, he can do miracles. He can heal those who are sick. He can cast out demons. I wonder what he's going to do. This is going to be great. Sit down. Let's play some cards. So you do on a boat ride. Let's just wait for Jesus to act. I know he's going to take care of us. That would have been faith. But instead, they flipped out. That wasn't faith. That that wasn't trusting in him. The, the idea that they're grabbing and shaking Jesus and saying, Jesus, save us, we're perishing. Instead of saying, Jesus, I didn't want to wake you. There's a lot of water here. I, you probably knew it already. I'm just excited to see what you're going to do. Because you're the one that's king overall. Jesus asked them the question, why are they afraid? And this trial revealed what they were trusting in. And this is what Jesus does as he enters into this point in time. And he shows himself to be mighty and powerful. Even though while he was sleeping, it seemed like things were chaotic. It came about as part of his process and part of his plan for them. It says this, Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. What does that sound like to you? Well, let me tell you that, that some of the language here is used of that which he used with the demons. He rebuked them, and he cast them out. I want to suggest something. I don't know if it's correct. It doesn't give us a whole lot of description here. But the reason I don't think this was a regular storm, this was a regular storm, is it uses different language to describe it. But then the way he treats the storm is the same way he would treat demonic activity. And I get this picture in my mind. Who are these disciples? They're new disciples, they're, they're fairly, uh, they haven't known Jesus for a long time. They haven't followed him for a long time. And so they get in this boat trusting that they're following after Jesus. And all of a sudden, the storm kicks up. And it seems like, oh no, we're going to die. What would happen if they did die? What would the press and the paper be? Followers of Jesus, Dead. And the conclusion we get from a story like that is, don't follow Jesus or you'll die. Okay? That, that's what the connection we get. Is that if you follow Jesus, you'll die. You'll be wiped out. These, we have some people, we know them. They did it and they're dead. But Jesus... As he arises, as he enters the time, he rebukes the wind and the sea. And I don't know if that's uh, this this special demonic storm, if you will. But he speaks to the wind and the sea. And what happens? A great calm. A great calm. And you kind of get this picture that it's as bad as it possibly can be. It's as bad as it can be. This storm is like no other they'd ever seen. It's so much so that they thought they were going to die. And in a moment, he speaks to him, and then it goes to this great calm. 
Wouldn't that have been great? Could you imagine being on that boat? Can you imagine? And, and, and you say, I think I'm going to die. And all of us have gone through situations in our life where we're uh, near miss in an accident or something like that, or it's just a chaos. And then all of a sudden it's over. That's what happened. But the thing that we haven't seen is that Jesus did it. And he just spoke the words to the wind of the sea and, the, and done. And it's great calm. And, and I could imagine the hush that fell amongst the disciples and how they were just afraid to speak. They were looking at each other going, what have we just experienced? What has gone on here? Matthew records for us what happened next. And it's in verse 27. It says this, and when, and the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this? What sort of man is this? This marveling uh, is like, whoa, oh my. It's the word described that we ruined in the 80s. Awesome. We ruined it. Because this was true. It, It was so they went from one minute fearing the storm to the next minute fearing this man that they were with. Not in a bad way, not in a way like, who is this man? What sort of man is he? He's different than anyone we've ever heard of. He just spoke to the wind and the sea and it obeyed him. They went, uh, as Jesus entered, then the men marveled at the awesomeness of Christ. Um. I want to say it this way. Even Mother Nature obeyed Jesus. Can't stand Mother Nature. Who is she and what's she doing? People talk about that all the time. Well, it's Mother Nature, you know. Uh, uh, I, I want to tell you, there might be a Mother Nature, but Jesus is over Mother Nature and tells her what to do, Okay. This week, this week, we've been praying for rain. We had rain. Jesus provided. You know why he provided? Because we were good. No, that's not right. Not wrong answer. We deserved, we deserved the driest desert. And in his mercy, he provided. Jesus showed himself that he was even over the wind and the sea, and they, they were in awe. They, they couldn't believe it. They, they were like, we, we'd heard or we'd seen the miracles he'd done before, but now he's telling the wind and the sea what to do, and it's obeying. What an amazing scene. One that I would have loved to have been at, uh, at least in the outcome. <laughs> that whole storm thing, I, I would have been the one that's freaking out most, okay? I'm not a boat guy, all right? like things that you can step on and stuff, and it doesn't go. Three landing points this morning as we tie up this uh, section of God's history. Three things that we can remember as we reflect on uh, this time where Jesus has done another miracle. The first one is this. Freaking out isn't the answer. Freaking out isn't the answer. 
Um, I say it that way. I, I don't say it in jest. I, I say it because we've all experienced it. Many of us say, and you know, you have your own style of freaking out. Uh, me being a man, I, I get nasty and mean. I start jerking people around and barking out orders and getting cross. And some would say, well, why are you doing that? I say, because it's justified. It's justified. Because things are out of control and I need to take control right now. I want to tell you, um, when you feel yourself getting crazy inside because of the situation you're in, remind yourself of the control of Jesus over your life. Over your life. Over every aspect of your life. There's not this area where, uh, that, that's not his realm, that's not where he works. I want to tell you, every area. In fact, I want to encourage you to exhibit faith in those moments and, and to be reminded that Jesus could do anything at this moment. How's he going to work this out? I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the work of, of God going on in my life. And, and to even speculate and say, Jesus, you could do it this way or this way or this way. I'm excited to see you work but to realize that you becoming afraid is not the answer to the chaos in your life. The second thing I want to point out to you is this, that Jesus is different than all. He's different than all in a superior sort of way. (laughs) Superior sort of way. Uh, I I want you to get that, that Jesus, as he is sharing uh, this moment with them, as he has planned this history for them, as he has taken them on this adventure He is showing himself to be superior. The reason that we follow after Christ is because he's worthy to be followed. We trust him. We trust him. We want to follow. We want to be his disciples because he's superior to any other road we could follow. And the last thing I want to share with you as a landing point this morning is this. That Jesus is worthy of your faith because he is the king that saves. He's the king that saves. You say, why should I trust him? Because he's the king that saves. That, That you need a savior and he's the one, he's the only one who can do it. I share this with you this morning. Enjoying, uh, that Jesus is the one that is the Savior, that he had it all under control. It looked chaotic to my eyes and the eyes of the disciples that were there, but he had it all in control. Please pray with me as we seek to be people of faith to trust in Jesus. God, thank you for this morning. Um, God, I realize that we struggle in many ways to apply this, that we would trust that, first of all, that we'd be your disciples, that we would go where you tell us to go and participate and trust in you and hold your hand and get on the boat when we need to get on the boat and go to another land or another place or uh, change our schedule for your schedule. God, we struggle. And then as we consider you, Jesus, and that sometimes that it's part of your plan that chaos would seem in our lives. It would be there. It would be chaotic. Um, And Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust you 
Help us to enjoy our faith that we can trust you with the big and the small of life. And God, may we worship your son. May we see him as he is. May we be in awe as the disciples were were, and ask questions of what sort of man is this? To be blown away that even the wind and the sea obey him. God, thank you for this morning. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.